0: Today, it's the 70th one when I was looking at my calendar and it was like, oh, yay, what a big number and what a beautiful, big, bold spirit I have uh, to, to introduce you to. So in this episode of Align with Lina, as in all episodes, I am bringing ordinary people who just like you, just like me are undergoing, have undergone, are beginning, are in the middle, or who knows where they are. It's up to you to decide where you are and glean from this conversation inspiration that allows you to know that there are so many ways to get to the one ultimate truth, and it is inside of you, and Align with Lina is an opportunity to bring you inspiration so that you will want to align with the truth that is in you, so please join me in welcoming this amazing guest. Dr. Jill, I'm so excited that you're here with me today. This is so much fun. Um, Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you, Lina. This is such a treat to get to spend this hour with you. This is amazing. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, my pleasure. All right, because I know people are going to be inspired by your story and, and the work that you do, because you, like me, have done the work in you and now you help others be able to, to walk this path. So let me start where I start with everybody. When did you begin to realize that there was more to life, more to what you had been taught, like an external power, maybe an internal power, something grander that you knew nobody taught you about, but that it existed and you wanted to discover.
1: Yeah, my story, you know, I've been a holistic doctor, as you know, um, since 1983. So my story goes long and deep um, and <laughs> pretty miraculous one, um, but I'll just give you like the highlight, the 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 brief of it, just to introduce you to where the body of work that I teach comes from. And, you know, it's it's no different than any empowerment or spiritual practice, it's helping somebody to really live their best life and be connected on um, a really, really healthy way with themselves and with the world around them. So my story goes back to my um, chiropractor and it was uh, not, July 4th, Independence Day, 1996. And it was, uh, my kids were very young at the time. And we had just, my husband, who's also a chiropractor, we had just moved into the neighborhood where we live today. and. We figured, let's meet some people and socialize. And you know, when life is good, it's good. Fourth of July, celebration, fireworks. And I was at the pool with the kids. And my husband picked up a game of basketball to meet some guys in the neighborhood. And shortly in, somebody came running at me. And they were like, Jill, Jill, come quick, come quick. It's Danny, it's Danny. And they grabbed my kids. And I run there to where Danny was. And he was laying on the floor. He had just had a grand mal seizure. Um, okay. He didn't even know who I was. He didn't even know who he was, honestly. And he was rushed to the hospital. And you know, there you are with all the white coats around you and a lot of uh, technology and scary. It's a very, very scary moment. A lot of uh, shakiness inside, to say the least. And the doctor comes out after looking at some scans and looks at me and he says, "I'm sorry." you're sorry. And he goes, your husband has a malignant, it looks like your husband has a malignant brain tumor, probably has about five to seven years. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. This doesn't happen to people like me. Like we drink carrot juice. We're healthy. We exercise. We do all the right things. There's no way this is our story. So what does granola girl do over here? You know, you go- freak out like anybody in their right mind would. And luckily my brother's an uh, oncologist and he stared us in the right direction. And, you know, doctor after doctor after doctor said, I'm sorry, there's no answers. You know, chemo and radiation will wound it. I mean, we'll will, uh, delay it, wound it, but then it'll come back with vengeance and kill him. And surgery is really not a good option because of the uh, part of the brain that it's in. Mm. So, I said to the doctors, "Well, what what do I do? Like what do I do? There's no answer for this. He's 35 years old. What do I do?" And they go, "I would do the chemo and radiation anyway." And I said, "But if you're saying to do that and he's going to die, I think I'd be crazy to do that." So, after some time, you know, we came home and we were freaking out and you know, and there was that one moment You know, several days after that, and I was standing by the kitchen sink and panicking, you know, and a a feeling like no other came over me from total nervousness, chaos, craziness to 100 percent inner peace. And in that moment, I knew I started crying and I'm a hard ass woman. Whoever knows me knows like it takes a lot for me to really cry. And I looked over at Danny and I said, not only are you going to be okay." but we're going to help so many people because of this. And fast forward, uh, three years later with a lot of work and a lot of trust, a lot of unknowns, a lot of navigating, a lot of stopping the crazy in my head. Um, you know, Danny lived to tell the story. He's still alive and well and healthy and, The interesting part is, you know, after three years of dedicating my life to helping him heal his life, um, I was missing, I'm a doctor. I've been into the health and wellness category my whole life. And I just wanted to get back to, to work. And I started to attract a lot of cancer patients. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not a cancer doctor. Um, I could teach you what I did, how I navigated it, how I gained my power to deal with stress. And person after person after person was missing a skill set. They didn't know how to accept responsibility for their life, for their health. They were yielding to the authority. And when they started to learn these formulas that I came up with over the years to help strengthen me in those moments, they started getting empowered. So for many years, it went from cancer, then it was, hey, I think your formulas could help my wife. She doesn't have cancer. I think your formulas could help my kid. And before long, I realized that what I had discovered and the formulas for somebody to stay strong in stressful situations and learn how to cultivate that muscle wasn't ever about cancer. It was about life. And if we all had these tools and these skills, we'd all be better because of that. So I've been teaching, I put together a program and I've been teaching individuals, whether they're having a life problem or a stress problem, or how do I be my best self, or we're in a lot of large companies now teaching this in leadership or in athletics. Um, And the truth is, you know, the answer is always the same. It all comes back down to the individual learning from wherever they're at, how to start accepting responsibility and build themselves up from where they're at.
0: Oh, That's so beautiful. Let me take you back to the moment when you were receiving that clarity, that awareness, that knowingness, that certainty, that inner peace. Let's isolate that. And let's talk about that. Because clearly, you opened up to to you, you were willing to open up to another way. And I am a student of the Course in Miracles, and I, I, I teach from it. And one of the things that was so empowering for me from a Course in Miracles is that it states that until one is is committed to finding another way, we cannot move out of our intellectual mind, our, of our human, this is what I know, our our little, you know, box of beliefs, until we are willing to be curious about another way, that other way will not. Um, invade us because of free will. So describe to me, how did you go from panicking to inner peace? What was happening inside of you in that moment?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I have a long history of being a holistic practitioner. And, you know, I believe that we're all being led, whether you get it or not. And I remember even back in um, when I was in chiropractic school, I mean, I was 20 years old and i found a lump in my breast and not thinking anything of it my friend rushes over with this book of how to heal cancer naturally and i'm like cancer i don't have cancer this is not about me like and he's like you better go get it checked and i was like i'll don't, I don't do the medical stuff i've evolved <laughs> since then but back then i was really very very granola well anyway he scared me enough to get it checked and it was nothing It was a swollen lymph node, and when I came back, that book caught my eye, and I started reading it, and I was like, this book isn't about cancer. This book is about life. If we all ate this way and thought this way and lived our life this way, we'd all be healthy. Well, for many years following that, I became obsessed with the body's ability to heal itself from chronic illness, Um, thinking it's just about me about me and my journey and making me a better person because I was going to be a chiropractor and save the world one subluxation at a time, right? Well, fast forward, while I was in chiropractic school, my dad had uh, cut himself at work and he got blood poisoning and my brother Perry looked at him and he's like, dad, um, look at that line going up your arm. That's blood poisoning. You could die from that. You better go and get that checked. Anyway, he goes to the doctor. The doctor takes a chest x-ray, which was totally unnecessary. It was not medically necessary. And there he had adenocarcinoma, incurable lung cancer. He had about a year to live. Oh. Well, my dad calls me with the, oh, my god. Like, if this is, I have something to tell you, and it's bad news, but if if this is my time, this is my time. This is God's will. I've raised you kids. You're all doctors. Now you're all have your own families. If this is what's meant to be, then, you know, it's what it is. I'm not going to do the chemo. I see. I saw what had happened to friends of mine. I'm going to just live my life out. And I was thinking to myself, it's not his time to die. It's his time to live. He's finally financially okay. The stress of coming from nothing and raising children and finally being with him and my mom could travel and do things. It's not his time to die after the hard work. It's time to live. So I said to my dad, who was very medical minded, dad, I know something about this. And he was like, well, what do you know? And I started to tell him about the body's ability to heal itself. I had just had my son, Andy. It was back in 1990. And um, literally, my dad said, I am scheduled for surgery. This week, I will postpone it for two weeks if you come and work with me. Now, I had never worked with anyone with cancer. Well, what would you do? Right with the kid on the breast? I I was on the next plane. No books, no tapes. I just started to teach him about the body's ability to heal itself. We started working on thoughts and emotions and started to show him that there's no expiration sticker tattooed on his ass, and he has the power to heal his life no matter what anybody says. Fast forward, 24 hours, seven, two weeks straight, my dad checks him, it's all documented, into Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami. And we're, you, know, you wait so anxiously in the waiting room with my brothers and my mother. And the doctor comes out and he says, he has this look on his face, Lina, and he says, something incredible has happened. When we opened up your father, the tumor was no longer visible to the human eye. And my dad lived, I think it was like 16 years after that with no treatment. Um, so I already was deep seated in the body's ability to see miraculous things. But when Danny got diagnosed, I was like, brain cancer? I don't know. That's like really, that's big and that's scary. And, you know, it takes a lot of guts to, to not do what you're told to do. But I knew you know, everyone was like, you're crazy if you don't do what the doctor said. And all I just kept thinking is I'm crazy if I do. They say if I do what you tell me to do, you're gonna, he's going to die. So I knew I had it in me. Did I know he was going to live? I didn't know. But I was willing to take the chance. I was willing to take responsibility and go through that journey because I knew it was his best chance of, of living his life. And, you know, thank God since then, not only did he live, but we've helped, oh my gosh, thousands and thousands of people. And here's the thing that was the biggest aha moment, Lina. When I started working with everyday people, I started to see that it's not the big things that are taking them down as much as the everyday life. The stress of their everyday life is sucking the life out of them. People think this is just the way that it is, and this is what it takes to get by, or this is what it takes to be in the working world or to raise a family. And they don't understand that there is a way of strengthening themselves in that, in those moments so they could enjoy life while dealing with their day to day challenges, that that can be synonymous. synonymous. And people don't understand that they're they're tools. There's ways of doing that. And I personally had created tools to help people to exercise themselves from where they're at in that moment. And it's honestly been so eye-opening, especially in these times today where there's so much stress coming at us from external sources and fear and unknown and vulnerability of disease now around us. And without tools, it's very, very, very easy for someone to just get hooked into the, the fear of it, instead of bringing the focus back to themselves and grounding themselves in the belief of knowing how to strengthen from where they're at and knowing they're going to be okay, no matter what.
0: Oh, yeah. And that that is what my entire spiritual journey yeah. has been about. Taking what I was receiving because when I had that moment of total inner peace back in 2007 And I I felt my alignment with source. It's like God Let itself be known inside of me that I had access to that power I know you're Jewish. I I grew up Christian Catholic So for me, I I don't know how they teach it in in Judaism but in Catholicism and Christianity God is outside on a cloud somewhere um so i never cultivated as a child a relationship with a power like that in me that power was outside so seeing everybody as authority outside of me made perfect sense because i didn't have authority inside of me i, I was conditioned to give up my authority mother father teachers preachers you know ministers school bosses and and to to a god that would punish me uh, that was way out there But something that I was picking up in what you were saying is that the average person is so debilitated by the constant worrying and and inability to really manage their everyday lives that we, we really don't realize how powerful we are. And my spiritual journey had me feel the presence of this power inside of me then the rest of the journey and that's been what uh, 13 14 years i've been on the journey for about 20 years but i didn't have that experience up until that moment i was very curious reading all kinds of books attending uh, i mean untold number of workshops trying to find my truth and all of them pointed inside but until i felt it inside of me i didn't really know that it was inside of me. And in that moment that I felt God's Source, spirit, whatever you want to call it in me, I knew I had to take responsibility for every single thought that told me I wasn't powerful, I didn't have access to that power. I didn't have inner peace, I didn't have love, every single thought that basically I had been conditioned to believe put, you know, th- the the sovereignty over me outside of me in an authority, money, job, spouse, you know, what people thought of me outside of me. That was the work of taking responsibility for my thoughts and my emotions and what I was experiencing. So tell me about how, how do you, so from your process with Danny, your husband came your system and you call it biocodes.
1: Yeah. bio. Life codes. Yeah. You know, when I started to take this on with Danny, very shortly in, what I realized was if I'm going to help him save his life, I'm going to have to get stronger in mine. Because if I didn't create some space between me and that problem to be able to navigate this with all those pressures coming from the outside, people saying, you better do what the doctors say, or what if he dies and it's on you, or... Um, There was just so much, people were calling me saying, oh, I'm so sorry, Danny. It's like the unbelievable amounts of burden of fear-based mentality coming at me was enormous. So shortly in, what I realized was I needed to, number one, as I navigate this, have space between me and the problem. And I had to see objectively that I'm separate and distinct from anybody and anybody's problems or challenges or opinions, and I needed to be able to listen very objectively to what they had to offer, knowing that I was forever and always in choice of what I wanted to do with it, meaning I wasn't doing what the doctor said, or I wasn't falling into the fear or the worry or the concern of other people. I noticed it. I appreciated it. But then I asked myself the question, is this going to help move us forward on this journey that we're on? So to the first thing, it's like the program that I created is called the BioCode System. And I didn't know during those three years that I was cultivating this system. Um, it was an unexpected discovery. But the first thing I needed to learn is how to create space in challenging moments between me and other people and me and problems so I can navigate this clearly. You know, I also had to stop stop the crazy in my head because the thoughts that are going on, what if he dies? What if my kids don't have a father? What if I'm wrong about this? So I started to learn and practice this technique that came through me of how to stop the negative stories in my head and build stability and emotional strength, um, I also, there's a, there's five of these bio codes and the the third one talks to emotions. I knew that there was a time to feel and to be feelings are for feelings, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's a time to deal. And I knew it did. It never should be in the same moment. Never. We shouldn't be operating with decision-making when we're emotional. And, um, really important is how to interact in the world with our words, uh, with our choices and how to change. Because I know that from my personal experience that when people are under stress or they feel uh, pressure or they're dealing with uncertainty, they usually speak in what they don't want in a complaint sheet. And I needed to, to listen past the pain and find the true intention of what they're really trying to say that could possibly help me. So I had to come up with this language, the secret language of translating dysfunctional conversations and finding the intention so hidden behind it and dropping all the words to try to understand what people were trying to say. And the the last skill that I cultivated, which is so important, is all about change when you're dealing with um, uncertainty and not to be attached to anything. Meaning if something's working, great, but if not, it's okay. And I threw myself and Danny and the kids into the unknown faster than you could ever imagine. Because if something didn't feel right, or if I had a hunch because I didn't know, um, I needed to become fluid and flexible and change very, very rapidly when it seemed like things were not going according to plan. Now, putting all this together, now it's in an incredible system that could be replicated. But back then I was freehanding it with, you know, with with experiences and, and so forth. Um, but the skills, the skills that I uh, develop now, um, now people could do it throughout their day in moments. Now it could be taught very simply, very effortlessly, and help people from where they're at. Because we all know the answers, Lina. We all know the answers, but we know more than we could do. Yeah. It's, we're told to be our best self. But what does that mean when you're stressed out, you're worried, there's a global pandemic, you're homeschooling your kids? best self you know we don't want to be one with ourselves we want to get the hell out of our body <laughs> you go over there and i'll go over here who's teaching us real life skills in those moments we're told to live in the moment you know have you seen most people's moments lately these are not places people are aspiring to live in they want to get the hell out of this moment so my work teaches practical applications the how how do you know that awareness which we all know to be good be kind be courteous we learn that day one but how do I do that with my crazy, with my emotions, with my fear, with my situations from where I'm at in my life? And that's the work that I do. And that's the work that I um, teach on, the, on a daily basis is to help people to strengthen so they feel like they're navigating life and they're in control of their life and life's not, in, not, not navigating them, right?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to put up here because you you had shown your book. Um, so people want to look for it, look for it at www.empowerhousegroup. And let me let's spell that out for anybody who's watching this. Um, let me oh, let me show it there again, who's watching or who's listening to this via the podcast. It's empowerhousegroup.com. And empower is spelled E-M-P-O-W-E-R house h-o-u-s-e group dot com, so that you can get you know everything you want to know about dr jill so here's the thing that is so cool about what you were saying is you know you come at this from a more of a medical scientific side because your background is is as a doctor you know doctor of chiropractic you've got you know uh Danny went through medical stuff, your dad went through medical stuff, so you you have that way of looking at things for me. oh cool, somebody's also uh, posting it in the Rebecca's posting it also inside of the the chat. perfect, so people can can click the link right there um so here here we are in a place of you're you've got that scientific side to you, but for me, there was no science. behind it, it was strictly a feeling a connection. For me, it was a spiritual awakening, a spiritual journey. But what you said is all of us have our truth inside of us. And whether you come to it from a scientific side, whether you come to it from a uh, spiritual side, whether you come to it from an agnostic side, you can be an atheist and be just walking in nature and feel truth just take over. You can be like so many other people in jail, you know, you, you've been put in jail, you drug dealer, and all of a sudden you come to this truth. So it doesn't matter where you are in your life. Everything li- leads us to one place in one place only. And that's the truth that is within us. And that is one of the things that I've always loved and admired about your work, because even though it is coming through a doctor, it is still very easy to understand it is not a medical terms it is everyday information mine comes through the spiritual lens but it's so easy to understand it's about exactly what you said um we gotta we gotta pay attention to the crazy in the head we have a lot of stories in our head that we've been conditioned to believe to be the truth but they're actually blocks to the truth of that's inside of us so Talk about how you, um, if you've got somebody who's brand new to you and you want to help them put, put to practice uh, something from, from your, your toolbox, tool bag, what would be the, the process that you would take them so that they could feel that shift and that ability to actually do that for themselves?
1: Right. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for saying that because that's what people need is, is just really, what do I actually do? You know, it's like when stress hits, no matter what stress, whether it's an internal stress, whether it's a people stress, a global epidemic <laughs> pandemic. And we'll talk
0: about that in a minute, how to deal with all of this in this pandemic.
1: It, stress hits us. What it does is it shows us what lives within ourself. It's almost like if you think about an orange and you squeeze an orange, you know the hands that are squeezing it are the pressure, but what's coming out of the orange is what lives within the orange. You know, um, the there is a new way of thinking about stress and pain and problems, and in so many areas of life, we are taught what to do when stress hits us, when pain, when we hurt our leg, when we get a stomach ache. We're taught what to do, but who's teaching us what to do? With our own thoughts and our own emotions, or our own behaviors, or our own situations that are driving us crazy. You know, we feel the stress, and the common strategy is what I call the take the day off strategies. It's to move away from the stress, move away from the situation, and maybe do the things that I love to do, like do yoga or meditation or go for a walk or whatever you want to do, go take a nap, you know, whatever you do to relieve the stress. But here's the problem, Lina, come Monday morning or that next moment, you're going to walk back into it and it's waiting for you. I call what I teach the take the day on strategies. It's teaching you how to strengthen in the moment, in the pain, in the situation. So in order to be able to do that, it takes a new way of thinking about pain and problems and people and stress. And it also takes a new way of acting. So the first big idea about this body of work is you're the only one in the gym meaning you're the only one doing this work it's not a negotiation between me and you it's me to me that means if i'm going to get in shape behaviorally or thoughtfully or spiritually or whatever you want to call it uh, to have a better life then i better be doing the practice i better be doing the work because you can't go to the gym and look at the other person and point a finger at them and saying well, you're not working out enough and you're not on the treadmill long enough. And I can't believe, right? You can find the flaws in anybody else, but do the work, go to the gym, get in great shape and someone's going to admire you and maybe say, wow, how'd you do that? Things like what I'm teaching is personal. You know, the bio system is personal. You're the only one in the gym. And not only are you the only one doing the work, but I teach people to do it anonymously. Because when you give and you are in a constant state of self-improvement, and it's fun to do that because you you get to live in your own skin. You get to live in these behaviors that are so authentic and healthy. It's a gift not only for you, but the overflow of that is a gift for somebody else. As Mm -hmm. soon as I get somebody else in my process, now we're judging people for their behaviors. The anonymous giver is the one that could do the right thing and give unconditionally and allow someone to take it or not take it and do whatever it is they want. So when you think about giving, right, like if we there's so many places to give now, all the, the starving children and all, there's so wow. many places to give. And it's nice to write a check and to give. And that's beautiful. But what's even nicer is to give anonymously because it means you're not looking for anything in return. When you decide that you want to be that person, regardless of the behaviors of others, it changes everything. Cause then you're trying to be, do the work, whether somebody does or doesn't, you're going to do that right thing no matter what period, because you want to be that person. So when you walk into a situation, you're proud of who you are. And when you walk out, you're in the same condition that you walked in without getting sucked into the the mud pen with the right, rolling in the mess with other people. It gives people an ability to accept responsibility for their life, strengthen themselves. So the new way of thinking is if you think of your problems, everybody thinks their problems their problem, right? Like if I could only get rid of this epidemic, if I could only lose the the Corona 19, (laughs) right? The pounds. If I, my kids would stop screaming. They always think that something on the outside has to happen in order for them to be successful on the inside. Well, the bio codes teach a whole new way of thinking. It teaches that our problems aren't our problem, that maybe it's us in it. And you might as well take out the maybe because it's definitely us in it. And problems are here to stay. Um, It's, the problem's not the problem, it's how we're approaching the problem. The biggest problem is not the issue, it's how are we approaching that issue? Are we approaching that issue from a place of strength? Are we approaching that issue from a place of clarity? Or are we just sitting there complaining? So one of my favorite, I love to think in analogies, is when you think of um, like a challenge course or an obstacle course, right? If I'm a strong athlete, I would go through that challenge course effortlessly I'd do the high jump and the shot put and I would be having fun. I'd be through it in five and a half seconds. But if I was a weak athlete, I'd be complaining the whole way. Like, oh, that's too high. Or I'm going to strain my shoulder if I, right. Are the problems really the problem? Or is it that we're not strong enough and we don't know how to cultivate the muscle to deal with that problem because problems aren't going away. They're just going to change. That mysterious machine that spits them at us all day, every day, is never going to take problems away. That's the game. It's how we're approaching it is the bigger problem. So the new way of thinking is we start to see our problems as opportunities to grow. And we see our life as our gym. And when, when we get stronger in it, it feels easier to navigate whatever it is, fill in the blank, whatever it is that we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, and it, to be able to have those those skills. And, and again, I got to go back to the Course in Miracles, because the Course in Miracles says that we have one problem, and there's one solution. And the problem is the authority problem, we we forgot, what is the ultimate authority and the ultimate authority is the power that we have of how to perceive what is there, that alignment with, again, doesn't matter what you call it, God, or spirit, this, this infinite soul, this infinite intelligence, this infinite truth inside of you. And we've all been conditioned since the moment that we enter this world, that the outside happens to us, that the outside is what we have to go tackle and slay the dragons out there and that we bow to whatever is out there. And, and that is what determines who we are. The, the, the diagnosis determines your health, the the medicine outside, the vaccine determines if you're going to get cured, the boss determines if you succeed, the money determines if you're somebody, if you become somebody, your partner determines if, if you're complete or not. And here here we are discovering. I mean, it's the same story that doesn't matter who um, we go to That that is teaching something that is aligned with truth. We got to come inside and and claim that sovereignty, that power again. L- let's talk about um, the the age of coronavirus. I don't know if I say this, if this is going to get taken down because I see that now anybody who talks about anything empowering around coronavirus or COVID nineteen or whatever it is, it gets taken down. It's it's being censored because the generators of the perceived problems on the outside don't really want anybody to understand how powerful we are on the inside. So speak to how are you navigating this? Let's give people some real life examples of what happens when you align with your inner source of power and you realize that what's out there is just an opportunity. How are you navigating uh, life of quarantining and coronavirus?
1: Well, you know, that's a really good question because, you know, everybody experiences it differently. You know, one of the things that I do, and I was like this before the Corona virus came along, um, is I work very hard to keep my immune system strong. You know, I'm a vegan, not that I'm telling anybody that they should or shouldn't be that. I've been like this since I'm 12. I eat fresh juices and vitamins and exercise, and I work very, very, very diligently um, on what I think about, on who I surround myself with, and I'm really selective with uh, what I'll put into my brain, especially around news. So I don't watch the news. I don't want to, there's too much going on there, and it's like the hamster wheel of information that's all based in fear. I'm highly selective with where I get my information and who I get my information from because how I perceive that is going to create my reality. And the truth is the most power that I have to give to the world is the state and condition that I'm in, right? So if I'm weakening because of this fear-based mentality coming at me, how am I going to help all these people that are suffering and are struggling right now? It's not that I'm ignorant. Um, You don't have to watch the news to know what's going on. Everybody will voluntarily tell you (laughs) in a heartbeat what's up. But I do know, I remember back when um, 9-11 hit. and It was kind of had the same kind of feeling to me. Something bigger than life came at us and people didn't know how to navigate um that now that it hit the united states like the fear was enormous and you know being in self help and personal development for so long you know my phone was like like now was ringing off the hook and people kept telling me like what are we going to do and i'm afraid and what about my children it's the same questions that are coming at me now and all i kept thinking about you know is okay well what do you want what do you want why can't we all get along why can't we love each other why can't we work together it's the same questions that are coming in now and my first instinct was are you getting along with the people in your house are you being loving to your neighbor are you if you can't be that at home how could it manifest itself on a world level So what I decided to do with my friend uh, Mardine, who helped me write this book that I wrote, it's called uh, The Gift of Taking,
0: Um, and it's a book
1: about honoring yourself and giving from overflow. But I said, we got to do something about this. And I called a local temple and I told the rabbi I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to create a pep rally for your spirit. And i wanted people to come no money and i wanted to create a safe place where people could accept responsibility to start to feel safe in their own life because if you want to make you want to be the difference you want to see in the world be the difference you want to see in your day you want healing in the world heal yourself start with self right if, one person accepts responsibility for their life and gets stronger in it, it will reflect to the next one and the next one and the next one. That's where strength and immunity comes from. That's where health comes from. So anyway, we decided to do this. This was before the internet was the way that it was. And we said, just tell some people. Well, we show up not even know what, not even knowing what we're doing. And hundreds of people were there. And Every month we gather and the newspapers were there, are more and more and more people because people are craving, just like they are now, real life skills to help themselves, to strengthen themselves. So that, like you're saying, the fear and whatever's going on in the outside is not going to be greater than their knowing on the inside, and they're waiting for maybe it's when the government says this or when the cdc says this or when the election is finally over uh uh-uh. uh it's not when something on the outside happens that's going to make you healthy and strong you got to be healthy and strong anyway no matter who wins the president whether we have to deal with this coronavirus for a month a year or two years you got to get healthy within yourself anyway and it all empowerment starts with you period So if you're always bringing it back to self and looking at yourself and saying every single thing that I'm doing, is it making me bigger, better, greater, stronger, or are these thoughts and behaviors taking me down? Is it helping and benefiting those around me? Or am I instilling fear and worry and judgment around me? Is that helpful or hurtful? And I promise you, if you can't be helpful, at least don't be hurtful to those around (laughs) you. Just, Work on yourself. Get yourself right. So when you do give something, at least it has some value to it, right?
0: Yeah, I like what you're saying. Uh, be helpful or hurtful. I say, you know, are are you hurt? Are you a person who's hurt, or are you healed? Because healed people don't hurt anybody. Hurt people don't want, don't like it when people are healed because they need something to you know to hurt to to plug into that dysfunction because it's a frequency thing you know vibrationally we meet each other in pain misery loves company or we meet each other in that healed state of hopefulness of helpfulness and and it is it is totally right now we have that opportunity to see what's going on you know yeah. from from the way that i teach is whatever is outside is a reflection of me what what the world that i see outside is a reflection of the collective frequency where are we in our frequency, where are we? Um, well, hello. We got so many sweet people here joining us. Hello, Miss Terry and Miss Ella. And um, so we are. We have to check in. What am I? Like you said, be the change you want to see in the world. And and I definitely now uh, look at not not the the traditional news, mainstream news. I like to look at alternative um, channels of people who are reporting facts. Because what's really beautiful is from the place of peace, to me, this reality, this is, I chose from a soul level, a spirit level, I chose to be on this planet at this time, I incarnated, I am very clear that I incarnated at this time. So I I take full responsibility for knowing that this is an experience that I can handle more than handle. I came here to bring love and light to it. So how can I be that helpful being? How can I be an expression of that that healed presence? And looking at everything that is happening is, is an opportunity to see the reactions. Like you were saying earlier, you, know, you put enough pressure on, on anything, you get to see what it's made of. You put enough pressure on that orange, you're gonna see that it's got orange juice. It doesn't have carrot juice in it. Right. And if you squeeze, if somebody's feeling squeezed and they have stress, Well, you got to look at that stress. If you get squeezed and you have fear, you got to look at that fear. All of those things are indicators of they all, they all, every one of them comes to a belief system. They come to a way of thinking, a way of perceiving the world. And that's what's changeable. It's those perceptions that we can change. It's those perceptions that allow us to, to navigate what is happening from a place of peace. Um, I have zero fear because I know I'm eternal. So for me, death is not even it's not even an experience. Um, in my consciousness of something that that stops who I am, what I am, continues forever. But the death experience itself, because the body is going to go through the process of aging, of whatever, I, I will check out at some point. I want to go to that place, having lived my life fully, taking full responsibility for every Every moment of how I showed up—I mean, that—that that was the big thing about this. My awakening is, oh, I, I, I can't blame anybody else anymore. <laughs> and if I can't blame anybody else, then how do how does Lina want to experience this incarnation? And that—that's that, what you were talking about again. Even though we use different words, it doesn't matter. It all boils down to how are we showing up? And share share some suggestions. For people how how they're looking at this um you know they're take- we're taking in information from really it appears to be two sides, two camps, and most people are on one side and or the other and and quite a few of us can walk the middle and glean what we need to glean from both sides. How do you suggest that people who are watching the news, you know you and I do it differently, but somebody who's in it who is all scared and concerned and afraid, either they're afraid they're, they're going to go outside and catch the virus, or they're afraid that if they stay inside, they're gonna lose their income, they're gonna lose their job, they're gonna lose their home. So it's like you're damned if you do, damn if you don't, you're going to be in trouble if you go out, you're going you're in trouble if you stay in. Give some of your words of wisdoms to the people who are in that midst of suffering.
1: You know, it's a, a hard situation. It's a hard situation on, on so many levels. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we can't do it. You know, if you if I, instead of hitting it at that point like if we zoom up you know um what my deepest gut feeling is that the world has been imbalanced for way too long and it needed to go back and start to create some form of balance you know the pollution is crazy the fracking the water systems the um gmos all over our food we're poisoning ourselves the um greed financially that goes on with the riches of the rich and the poorest of the poor and the inequalities that happen amongst humans to humans. I think that it, it was at a tipping point where it went a little bit too far, a little bit too far. And the, you know, it's like my first, if you go to my, follow me on Instagram or Facebook, it's my first post that I put out was a picture of the world. And it said, um, You know, and Mother Nature said enough, everybody go to your rooms and the whole world did. Um, It's like, I feel like Mother Nature had enough and now we have to create some form of a balance. But anytime there's a balance, there's going to be pain and suffering and challenges and reward and benefit as well. It's like, yeah, I don't want anybody to die and I don't want people to suffer and people are losing their loved ones because of this. And. You know, it's very, very sad and the jobs. They're losing their jobs in the small businesses. And it's very, very, very sad. And the oceans are uh, renewing themselves. The pollution is lower than ever before. The animals in the slaughterhouses aren't being killed as much. They're going out of business with the factory farming. And there's there's a shift going on. And I believe when the... Um, when we rely upon government or we rely upon external sources or only people who are um, activists to make the change in the world, you know, it takes a very long time. But change starts at a grassroots level of an individual's awakening that these problems exist. And I think what's going on now is shining a light on really what's been happening all along. And now individuals are at home. And it's everywhere. It's all over the place of the changes, even the benefits that are going on now um, because of things going back to, you know, they swing all the way, they're swinging all the way this way. And then what's going to happen is the disease will go away. It always always does eventually. And then there'll be, hopefully, there'll be a middle. It won't be as horrible and as unjust as it was. Or corrupt, and it won't be La La Land. It'll be somewhere. Hopefully, that it will meet closer towards more of a um, a safer world for all of us. So, yeah, people will suffer, and a lot of people are showing up for them and donating money, and um, you know, even giving their um, giving parts of their like my um, my son's girlfriend just gave half of her stimulus check to help some charities. And there's really great people out there
0: doing absolutely. Th-
1: um so but when there's a massive uproaring there's never been a revolution or some kind of change without some form of pain and i think that this is a world a world it's not just the united states it's not just this country it's a world awakening that's going on right now
0: absolutely it, it is a, a world awakening it is an opportunity for as ella says hell yes it is an opportunity, like you said, to see the imbalance, but the imbalance out there is a reflection of that imbalance inside. And when we say government has power or the medical establishment has power or the pharmaceuticals, uh, well, that's part of the medical, but the, um, the companies that pollute the, the, the world have power. That level of imbalance you know even and i'm not a big religious person but i through this journey i began to to be a little bit more uh curious about what was some of the stuff in the bible and it says clearly in the old testament um that you can't worship two masters you cannot worship money and worship god and if you understand the god of love that same love is is about equality it's about liberty for all it's about happiness um it's even in our constitution you know we were all endowed by the the creator with the same inalienable rights which is to pursue life liberty and happiness and when everybody doesn't have that we're out of balance when only some get it and some don't but this goes back to that whole thing about responsibility those who are scared of what they're losing they we have to look at where do we allow ourselves to become um, enslaved into systems that somebody else has the power to take it from us. So right. it, it's that ability to question our own source of alignment with our inner power, our own source of, of healing. Like you were saying, you, know, we, you and I teach people how to tap into their own inner source of healing. The body heals itself. Yes, you add food. You know, that's one of the interesting things. If you put healthy food in your body, your body's going to behave a certain way. You put healthy food and healthy thoughts, your body's going to behave a certain way. You add unhealthy food, your body's going to behave a a totally different way. You add unhealthy food and unhealthy thoughts. You know, once a recipe for alignment, once a recipe for misalignment and illness and all of that. So we have a a wonderful opportunity here to see what, what are we putting, what are we ingesting? What thoughts, what food? what uh right what is going on right. say a little bit more and how how do you see that we might get back to to a balanced way
1: well i think the way that we get back to a balanced way is by again looking at ourselves and if you think of life instead of positive and negative it's like if we can only get rid of the negativity then we'll be positive if we just shine the light on ourselves and say you know we come into this world pure whole and complete And because of, as you talked about, the external influencers, um, mother, father, teacher, preacher, um, that don't align with our truest and highest self, we weaken. And if we look at those levels of weaknesses, like a weak muscle, as it just a simple, not something we need to get rid of, but something we need to cultivate and strengthen within ourselves then we'll start to feel better in our own life. But we have to do it from where we're at with our fear, our worry, our doubt and our insecurity. So when life pushes against you and you start to feel fear, you know, that's basically telling you, hey, your safety muscle could use a little work right now. Let's practice that. Or maybe if you're feeling worried, maybe your inner trust muscle needs to start trusting yourself more from the inside instead of just trusting everything that you see on the outside. You know, if maybe you're feeling doubt of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about this, that, or the other, um, your confidence muscle needs some building. So, you know, to to learn exactly what's going on inside of you and where you're weakening is your greatest opportunity to grow, It's to be able to look at that and thank it and say, thank you for showing me right now that I'm overwhelmed because I need to practice being more calm to deal with day-to-day challenges that will arise, because I promise you, the pandemic will go away. It's going away eventually. It's going. This away.
0: Too shall pass.
1: You shall pass. But you could use this time as the greatest opportunity to grow, because the harder the pressure, the more like, um, like an,
0: like uh, a um, diamond,
1: <laughs> or you get to see what lives inside of you, because it's pushing so hard. Use that information to grow because when this goes away, the pain's going to go away too. And when the pain goes away, then we're back to our everyday ups and downs and ins and outs. So now's the best time to do inner work. The
0: best Absolutely. time to
1: do work because you have a force that's greater than your normal everyday life that's informing you of the exact ingredients that you need. Like a personal trainer saying, here's exactly what you need to get in phenomenal shape. And when this goes away, you're going to walk out stronger than you walked into this experience. So now's the time to do the work. Now's the time to start understanding how you, as an individual, could start growing from where you're at with your thoughts, with your words, with your behaviors, with your actions, with your interactions, with all of those pain points. They're all opportunities to grow.
0: and. That yeah. will
1: help you and it will benefit those around you, I promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that is so perfectly said. And and I so obviously I, I concur with you. And because we live on this planet of, of duality, this, this this is the place where we come to experience our dark or light, our good, our evil, our our up or down, or positive or negative, It's an opportunity to to all of that can coexist in a beautiful balance. Yes. Um, and we we have had lots of opportunities for thousands of years of facing epidemics, facing world wars, facing disasters, natural um, or man-made. And how many of those do we need before we learn to not let that thing rock us from our center, but rather center ourselves so so solidly aligned with something within that allows us to navigate this. Because, you know, the way you're you're dealing with this, the way I'm dealing with this, that out there is not rocking me, it's not rocking you. Um, so the next one that's going to come, you and I will still be in balance. But if people don't take this opportunity and balance themselves, guess what, the next epidemic will the next Um, major thing the next whoever's going to be the president or not the president all of those things have the power to pull us off center and if there's one thing that I absolutely would love for everybody is that they know that they don't have to live their lives um, in a state of of lack of joy and peace and and uh, in abundance that is our birthright but I didn't know that until I began to do this work and and you didn't know that you had that healing power until you know danny became the the, that amazing teacher that began to help you discover that so go ahead and share your your last uh words of wisdom here on this program so that you can leave our listeners with um something from dr jill khan
1: Okay. Well, what you're saying is so true and so valid, and it resonates very deeply with me. And that's why my mission in life is to get this work out there. That's why I'm certifying people. I'm creating and building online programs. I'm working on a program now to get into the the schools so the kids could learn at a young age. We're working on getting it. uh, It's already in the business world, but to get it even further into the business world. But I am deeply passionate and committed to getting the bio codes out there to the world because we didn't get our how to live our best life manual when we were born i mean i didn't get mine i came from the crazies you know i don't know if you got yours but it's time to give people tools to help themselves it's not a one-size-fits-all it's i need to know how to do it in my life with my problems and my pain so the best that i could do for anyone is to share what i've learned and to help them to cultivate a practice that they can manage in their everyday life. So I say you grow as you go, as you practice the bio codes, it's done in moments throughout the day. It's a practice. And it builds behaviors that stick like muscle memory. So the best thing to do is to learn the bio codes and get yourself some tools so you can know what to do and to strengthen yourself and interact in the world. from a healthier place. So nobody arrives in our uh, utopia. It's a working process. We're always working on it because life comes, life is one big surprise party. In one minute, it could be a great moment. The next minute, we could be taken down. And the next minute, we're a superhero again. We need to know how to work those moments, not just live in them. Um, so oh. that's what I have to offer. That's what. Uh, My life's work has come down to, you know, creating these tools, which is, you know, I could glance them at people. It's these five skills and people learn them and memorize these. And just like any good exercise program, they practice them in their life, in their day, with their people, with their stress. And they get stronger and stronger as the day the days go on until eventually they're stronger than their stress.
0: (laughs) I love that. Love that! What wonderful words of wisdom! I absolutely love that, and you know, it, it really is an amazing thing. And once you practice those things, you can feel the alignment. You can feel the peace. And then now it's just a matter of knowing if if you're not feeling at peace, you pulled out. How far out did you go? That then you know the adjustment. If you go way out, well, it's going to take a, maybe a little longer. It might take you a week to come back or a couple of days. But if you just come out of your center a little bit, it's a tiny little stressor, you can recenter, you know, I recenter myself pretty quickly. Um, well, it's because I'm, I'm addicted to feeling good. And I don't want to not feel good.
1: <laughs> just people need to learn, know, we know what to do, but we don't know how to do it. I'm more mm-hmm. the how part. Here's yeah. how to do it. And I just teach them step by step until eventually, you know, the stronger you get, the easier life gets, period. Um, and that's,
0: totally. we can't yeah.
1: change life, but we can change ourselves in it. So it feels easier. And that's our Absolutely. best contribution for sure.
0: Absolutely. You know, when I had that encounter with source, I asked source, how will I know when I am, I'm in this space with, with this presence again, how am I going to know that I've achieved enlightenment or awakening or whatever that might be? And it said to me, your life will be fun and easy. Exactly. I didn't believe it back then, but it is my mantra. I live by that. If my life is not fun, it's not easy. I went out of alignment and the world didn't pull me out. I didn't stay in my grounded space. But thank you so much for being here with me.
1: Thank you. It's such an honor to to be with you. I just adore you, my soul sister over there.
0: Ditto, ditto, ditto. We're both, you know, again, doing the same thing. It just we, it, it just shows up a little differently, um, but it's so beautiful. So we are not going to meet next week. There won't be in a line with Lina because it's Memorial Day. And even though it's not like I'm going anywhere um, on that particular day, but we'll just take that day off. But the following Monday at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, my guest is Diane Rose Kelly. She's a musician. She has found her voice. She Oh my god the woman has a beautiful beautiful um presence and she is just wanting to inspire people with her music to find the truth within she does it through music jill does it through the biocodes the work that i teach is called the power of awareness um and in the shift and lift process so if you want to know more about jill's work please go to her website empowerhousegroup.com and, and if you want to know um, more about my work and you want to receive a free gift go to my website lineorlando.com and you can sign up for the soul's journey it's a it's a short video um, it's about an hour it's, a, it's what i call a master class and i'll show you the six phases that we go through from conception to enlightenment how we forget to align because we are trained out of that and how we remember how to realign and I'm so glad Jill that you're teaching this to the little ones
1: oh yeah they love it they get it so fast
0: yeah well they're there
1: <laughs> <laughs> they thank you have much. weakening yeah
0: exactly thank you all so much and we'll see you next time okay. bye-bye thank
1: you, thank you.